On this episode, I discuss why we should build a completing team instead of a competing team. And I also talk about my recent trip to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 148 of the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast for March 30th, 2019. My name is Dave Scriven Young, an attorney from Chicago, Illinois, and I'll be your host. This podcast takes you on a daily journey to discover key principles in the areas of marketing, sales, and leadership for attorneys. So we're continuing through our leadership uh, portion of this podcast, uh, looking at Leadership by John C. Maxwell. And I just got back from a great uh, week, uh, spring break trip um, to Washington, D.C. And it's a great time, I think, uh, and a great experience because you get to look back at all of the great history and leaders over uh, the past years of our republic, right? And so this episode, we're going to talk about the... the, um, part of the leadership book where he talks about recognizing that you need others and how to build that team and the mindset that you need um, to build the team and to lead properly properly right so he talks about that you need to have a completing mindset instead of a competing mindset and what he means by that is you want to have your team built so that each team member completes uh, the circle or, or completes the team. So you take what uh, your strengths are or the strengths of another person and you look at their weaknesses and you try to find someone with a strength that um, basically helps the team with the weakness that the other person has on the team. So uh, other things that you may want in a completing mindset is that you have have a an abundance mindset, uh, you think win-win, you practice shared thinking, and you exclude and you include others, excuse me. On the other hand, a competing mindset has a scarcity mindset, you think win-lose, you practice single thinking, and you exclude others. So you really want to have a completing perspective instead of a competing uh, perspective when you're leading. And so just reflecting on my trip to Washington, D.C., it's really a, um, it's a look at a dichotomies in leadership because if you think of all of, not all of the monuments, but some of the monuments and the statues that you see, many times you look at individuals, individuals who uh, were leaders like Martin Luther King or George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, but then you think about uh, the other memorials, like World War II Memorial, uh, the Vietnam Memorial, the Korean War Memorial, and you think of those teams that you people really relied on other people. And I remember uh, we were going through uh, one of the tours, and, and they were talking about Abraham Lincoln's leadership, and there's actually a book that talks about this where essentially Lincoln wanted a cast of characters or uh, people in, in, in his cabinet that had opposing views so he can really get a full pers- uh, perspective and a full picture about what's going on so he does, doesn't necessarily just have yes-men around him. And especially, you know, thinking about the Korean Memorial, for example, I, I really, it was one that I, I really did not expect uh, to hit me um, 
and and to really make me think about our freedom and um, the people that we rely on. Because essentially, the Korean memorial is basically uh, statues of uh, army men. Uh, I don't think women at that time. But essentially, they're in rows, and they're, they're looking in. They have very piercing eyes. And basically, they're in rows, and they have what is supposed to be a row of landmines in front of them. And it really makes you think about that even though you have individual leaders like General Pershing or John F. Kennedy, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, each one of them did great things on their own. You know, like George Washington uh, led the the greatest battles of the Revolutionary War, gave up power after the war, became president, didn't become a king, served only two terms, and then retired to Mount Vernon. But you think about all of the people that comprised his team in all of the um, armed forces, for example, during the Revolutionary War his family team, um, his team at the White House, his team at Mount Vernon. And although none of the individual leaders were perfect by any stretch of the imagination, they all were able to assemble a team because they needed one. They needed one not because they needed people to serve him, although certainly George Washington had enslaved people. But thinking of thinking more broadly they're leaders who understood that they needed people um, and needed to bring out the best in the people that he was serving as a leader and not that the people who who he was leading uh, would uh, serve him or bring value to him so it's a it's interesting to look back on a week of history and food, of course, um, but certainly culture and just making you think or made me think about um, our freedoms, about how one person can change the scope of humanity, change the scope of history, but could not do that unless they had a team. Jesus had a team. He had, he had all, you know, the 12 apostles. Martin Luther King, although a great leader, he had a whole movement that he was uh, leading. And that's true for every person uh, that is from history, right? Some were great leaders. Some were leaders with deep flaws, like Richard Nixon. Deep, deeply flawed man who was chased out of government. So what we have to decide is how are we going to lead the people that are on our teams, whether that's um, the folks at our firm, our associates, our uh, partners, our administrative assistants, our paralegals, our team at home, our kids, our spouses, um, our friends, any other teams um, that we're on and that we lead how, what type of leaders are, do we want to be and are we right now? And, and how are we going to make those shifts, those leader shifts, that are going to make our teams and ourselves more successful?
So I just wanted to leave you with that. Um, and I don't know if you've ever, if you've been to Washington D.C. It's just it's a, it was an amazing trip, and not only um, you know amazing in terms of stuff that I saw, history, culture, and the like, but a great time to spend with family and to relax, to sort of rejuvenate uh, myself and get ready for uh, the up the rest of you know the upcoming year. So for your daily action item, I want you to think about what sort of team do you have and do you want to have do you want to have a competing team because you know there's a lot to be said for having a team and having people who compete we compete for who has the most mobile hours and we give bonuses based on that um you know we uh, give bonuses and and more compensation for people who bring in work who are rainmakers and who keep work and bill on it is that the type of competition that we need and want in our firms? And I'm not telling you what is the right answer, but when we think about how we lead our teams, do we want a competing team or do we want a completing team? I'll leave that up to you. John C. Maxwell says we want a more completing team, and perhaps that is how we build a team. We, can, we build a team by looking at strengths and weaknesses and who can fill the gaps. So I'll leave that with you now. Um, I think that that's all. Um, I appreciate uh, your attention today. Thank you for listening. Uh, please hit me up on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram at Attorney DSY. Let me know if you have any questions about this episode. Tell me what you think about this podcast. And, of course, give me a topic you'd like to hear about. This podcast is on all of the major podcast distribution networks, so please subscribe and please rate and review. I do would love to hear uh, your feedback. So have a great day or night, and remember to fight for the lifestyle that you want and become that rainmaker that you need to be. Have a good night, everyone.